That's the Holy Spirit giving me an impression. Go here, do this, call that person, write a note, go see them. Whatever it might be, pray for this person. It might be a total stranger. I don't even know. God's impressing upon me, hey, I want you to go and, and pray for them. That's the first voice I hear. Well, what's the second voice I'm going to hear? <laughs> Someone's going to chime in. Now, listen, I'm not the only one who hears voices in my head. You do too. So the second person's going to chime in and say, but what if that's not God? And what if I just made this up? And what if, I'm gonna, what if I look foolish? And what if I, and what if I, and what if I? And so now seeds of doubt begin to, you know, fill your mind. And if that's not bad enough, now a third party's going to chime in. And the third party's going to be the enemy, the evil one, Satan himself, right? And Satan is going to come at you really, really hard because he does not want you to follow the impressions of the Spirit because he knows if you do, it's going to do what? It's going to deepen relationship with your Father. It's going to, it's going to broaden your trust and faith in God and stepping outside of your comfort zone. Remember, you, if you're going to go with God, you have to learn how to be uncomfortable being uncomfortable because that's, what, that's where God takes us. And so, the, you know, he's going to come in and, uh, man, he's, he's going to say, dude, do, do, are you sure this is not, this is not of God? You're, you've made this up. That person's, man, they're going to be so mad at you. They're, they're going to think bad. You know, all kinds of stuff comes into your mind. So here's what I want you to do. When you sense an impression of the Holy Spirit, you, and you answer the call, do it. Do what the first voice tells you. Ignore the second voice, and don't even pick up the th phone for the third one. Because I'm telling you, you, you will be amazed at how many times God has spoken to you through impressions of the Holy Spirit of God, and you missed it because you you thought, well, I can't do this, I'm not equipped, I, this is beyond me, so on and so forth. So uh, picture that in your mind. You want to learn to do what your Heavenly Father is impressing you to do. Here's number two. Another primary way that God speaks, obviously, is through the Bible, right? Through God's Word. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Bible is the very spoken word of God. And then, therefore, God never shuts his mouth until you shut this book. If this book is shut all week on your shelf, you're shutting the mouth of God. Because it might be that the Spirit of God wants to speak to you through that word, but you've kept it closed. Listen, when you're reading the word of God, uh, and some, sometimes the way the Spirit speaks through the Word is that you just have a question. I'm reading along, and I think, I've got this question. I'm like, God, I, I've got this question. And oftentimes, it's the Spirit giving you the question because the Father wants to unveil something to you and take you deeper in the relationship and in the walk. And by asking the question, you give the Spirit opportunity to give you the answer. It's amazing how many times I've asked God questions about the Word, and it may not be that He gave it to me that, at that moment, but it's, I've told you many times that the, one of the ways that God speaks to me often is while I'm cutting grass, I'm in the shower, sometimes He wakes me up in the middle of the night, and so I grab my phone and I type out the notes because I, I don't want to assume that I'm going to remember it in the morning. 
And so you, you, it's like your mind is in neutral, and all of a sudden the Spirit downloads the answer to the question that you had that un, just opens your eyes to, to this relationship with your Father and what it is that He's seeking to do in your life. So you want to ask questions. What does this mean? What, what must I do? You don't want to ask why questions about yourself, right? Because otherwise, you're just opening up, you're opening yourself up for, the, for Satan to come and just begin sowing uh, seeds of doubt, all right? It's like, it's not, I never ask questions like, Lord, why is this happening to me? Why are you, I have discovered that when I ask those kinds of why questions, God doesn't answer. God wants to know, are you going to trust me? Even if you don't know the answer to your why questions, are you still going to trust me? What do I base that on? I base it on the book of Job. God never gave Job a direct answer to his why questions, ever. But when it all was said and done, Job came to the realization, God downloaded into him through the Holy Spirit and God's spoken word, what it is God was trying to teach him the whole entire time. God wants to do that for you. And so the word of God, you need to stay in the word of God. Number three is through gifted teachers. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12 says that, that God has given some the gift of teaching and, and pastoring and, and evangelism and all those kinds of things in order to grow the church, to, to grow the body of Christ. How do you know if God is speaking to you through a gifted teacher? Because there comes a moment when you feel like God is speaking directly to you. It's amazing how many of you think, so I've had people come up and say, okay, there's no way you could have known that about me. My friends have been talking to you, haven't they? Yeah, you've been reading my emails. Somehow you've tapped into my, hacked into my email account. You've been, now how would you know those things? I don't. There's a lot of you out. I have no idea all the thoughts and needs and problems and situations you're dealing with, but the Holy Spirit does, and it's amazing how the Spirit of God can take the Word of God. Remember, the Word, the Bible, logos, and speak a rima, which is the Greek word for word or message specifically to you. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Rima, the message of God. And so as I'm preaching God's word, all of a sudden the Spirit takes the word of God and speaks a message directly to your heart, to your need, to your, your want, your desire, whatever it is that God's dealing with in your life. That, that's the gift of, of a teacher, right? So I have no, all I can do is just preach. All I can do is share the truth, and it's the Spirit of God who begins giving the, the heavenly downloads that speaks directly to your need. Number four is the awareness of God's presence. Again, be aware of God's presence. Sometimes uh, the awareness of God's presence hits me while I'm driving. Like I'm, I'm out on the highway and I might be listening to a song and all of a sudden God just uses that song just to, to fill my car with just such an awareness of God's presence. And, and if my car is, if I'm just being filled with a sense of awareness of God's presence, that's God speaking to you, Right? It might be that you got up that morning, and man, you've had a rough week, and you're just like, God, you know, Lord, what's going on in my life? And I've got, got all these needs, and I don't understand. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm not sure where to go or what, what move to make next. And, and so you're driving along. You're listening, and all of a sudden, God just, His Spirit, His presence just shows up in your midst, and it's God saying to you, listen, I'm with you. Do not be afraid. You ever notice whenever people needed God's 
the Lord, because fear was striking their heart, what did God always say to them? I'm here, I'm with you, you're not alone. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, and so it's just that awareness of God's presence. Sometimes it happens in a worship service where God's presence just is so overwhelming. You, you start singing and you're, you're singing, you're crying, and you, you can't even get the words out because the, the presence of God is just there and it's so real and so thick. And so maybe his presence is a sense of peace, a sense of contentment, a sense of love. Uh, multiple ways God displays his presence in our lives. He's speaking to you. Sometimes God speaks through other people, other people. That is, someone gets a word of knowledge that God wants them to dispense to you, or he gives them a prophetic word, and a prophetic word means that it's usually a word of encouragement. It is a word of a concerning your future. I've had many people speak prophetic words over me, and, and it's amazing. You know, I write all of those down in a notebook. Some of them have already been fulfilled. Some of them are yet to be fulfilled, but it is amazing how God can, to, can use someone to speak to you. Now, I will say caution. When somebody comes up to you and says, God told me to tell you, <laughs> you have the right to evaluate what is said, all right? I've had people say to me, well, God told me to tell you things that were just like off the charts, right? So, um, uh, yeah, I had some, one woman who um, was mad at me because of something that happened on a, a youth retreat uh, concerning her son and um, she was so angry about what happened and felt like I should have somehow intervened, even though I wasn't there, and said to me, God told me to tell you that you're not even saved, that your preaching ability is just based on your own fleshly ability. Really? So what do you do with something like that? You just dismiss it. You know, I've had people come to our, our church and say, you know, uh, uh, you know, God sent me here because I'm a prophet of God, and, and, and I've got a word for your church. And the word is like, like ridiculous. It was ludicrous. I'm like, well, thank you very much, but we'll just continue on the way we are. Uh, but I appreciate you sharing. So make sure that if somebody is sharing, you, you always have the right to evaluate and submit that to the Lord as to whether or not it is from him. Number six, and here's one we don't like, is pain. Sometimes God speaks very loudly to us, through pain. Proverbs 20, 30 says, sometimes it takes a painful event to make us change our ways. Can I get an amen on that? <laughs> right? So uh, some, some of the ways that God has spoken to me through pain has been through like, um, in order to get my attention, has been through physical pain, financial pain, relational pain. There are a lot of painful events that God has used throughout the course of my lifetime in order to speak a message to me or to develop me, or to, um, to craft my, my character. You know, James tells us in James 1, 2 through 4, consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you find yourself in various painful situations. Because God is going to do what? He's going to form and to fashion your character and your faith. But here's the key, James says, what God really wants to do is to build perseverance in your life. It's kind of like my you know, great-grandfather was a farmer in Chillicothe, Ohio, had an old pump out there. You, many of you know this. About you're, you're pumping the water. You're pumping, pumping the handle to get water, and you're pumping and pumping, and you know, I'm like, da 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 Of course, I thought it was fun for a while as a kid, and then you're like, you're wearing out. My grandfather comes along and says, hey, son, <laughs> grandson, you've not primed the pump. 
Now, you all know what it means to prime the pump. You take the top off, pour some water in there, you pump. And so I'm pumping, pumping, pumping. And, and so now I'm thinking, you know, how long do I keep doing this? Now, watch. I, I, one more time, and the water came out. What if I'd stopped before the water came out? I would have assumed that there was no water in that well. The reason you need to persevere is because God's primed the pump through the pain, and he's about to splash his living water out upon you. Just keep persevering. It may not happen today or tomorrow or next week, but eventually the living water is going to come. If you'll just keep trusting him and following him and listening to him because he is singing over you. Number seven is silence. Silence. This one we don't like either, right? We are very impatient people. We love instant things. Instant oatmeal, microwaves, instant cash, all those things. We are, we are, we are built upon instantaneous things. We like it quick. We don't want to wait. For example, it has been discovered that if you are on your, your iPhone, that the average person, if you're waiting for something to download, the average person will not wait more than three seconds and then you're moving on to something else. So that's about the attention span that we've become because we are just such a fast-paced society and things are just coming at us so quickly. And so we, we project that upon God and sometimes God wants to speak most loudly through his silence. What's God's purpose in that? Well, it might be that God's purpose is to deepen your faith and your trust in him. I'm going to give you a biblical, a biblical example. King Saul, first king over Israel. You recall that King Saul was going into battle. And King Saul was given the instructions, you do not go into battle until Samuel the prophet gets there and offers the proper sacrifices to God. So, Samuel, so Saul is waiting and waiting. Wait, Samuel's nowhere in, in sight. And so he's like twiddling his thumbs and like the enemy's getting closer and closer and closer. So God's not saying anything. Nothing's happening. The enemy's bearing down on him. And so he decides to do what? To do it on his own. He says, you know, I'm not waiting any longer. I'm offering the sacrifices. That's exactly what he did. Big mistake. Big mistake. In other words, in silence, Saul said, God, I'm not waiting on you. I'm taking matters into my own hands. Oh, we've never done that, have we? Right? Some of the worst decisions you've ever made in your life is because you were seeking God for something, and he was silent about it, and you're like waiting, waiting, waiting. You're saying, okay, God, you know, you know the deadline's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming up. All right, God, I guess I'm going to have to take matters into my own hands. And boom, you did it, and bad, bad choice. And then you suffered the consequence of that. So silence can sometimes be the way that God is speaking. Number eight is dreams. Uh, we know all through the Bible, Jesus would have never made it out of infancy had it not been for the dream that God gave to Joseph and Mary when he's about two years of age to leave Bethlehem and to flee to Egypt because King Herod is about to take out all the male children two years and younger. All right, so God still speaks through dreams, but this is a little more dicey. All right, so let me give you a couple little rules of thumbs. Uh, not every dream you have is God trying to talk to you? It might have just been that you ate Taco Bell. That'll make you dream all kinds of things, right? Uh, secondly, uh, if your dreams are in color and filled with light, 
that's more likely from God than if they are very dark and very black and white. That tends to be more from, from the enemy. And so the Holy Spirit often uses dreams to bring us to a deeper sense of wholeness and healing that God wants to do in our lives. And so there again, there are those who think that, you know, every dream you have has, you know, just eons of, of, of significance to it, and they try to discern and dissect everything. Uh, that's probably not a wise thing to do, but certainly do not discount dreams because God often does still speak through dreams. God has spoken to me in dreams, uh, I, and I've shared this example with you. It's when I was going through a difficult time in my life, and I, I just came and said, you know, God, is this it? This is all there is to the Christian life? If this is all there is, you know, and I, I'm, I'm done. I, you know, it's just, it's just not working and God gave me a dream, and the dream was very much in color, Jesus coming up out of the Sea of Galilee. I'm standing on the shore with the crowds, and Jesus handing out, put, putting out his hand and asking me, now come if, and go deeper with me. I'm asking you to go deeper with me. He took my hand and began leading me down into the water. And so there was a dream that God used to begin fostering uh, the desire within me, and, and another dream, a further dream that God has used to download in me that the remaining of my time in ministry is about helping people find forgiveness and freedom through faith in Jesus Christ. I don't want to just see people saved. I want to see you cut the hangman's noose off of you so that you're walking in the freedom that Jesus secured for you on the cross at Calvary. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven to experience it. You can experience it in the here and now. Amen. So that's the, is dr dreams is what God used to speak and to download this in me. Number 10, your physical senses. Or number nine, nature. Nature. Uh, Romans 1.20 uh, and we're, we're going to quit here in just a minute. Um, let's get two more here. Romans 1.20, if you want to jot that down, you can turn there if you like. Look very careful uh, to what uh, Paul says in Romans 1.20. He says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have clearly been seen, be, being understood from what... Has been made so that men are without excuse. Now, notice that very clear. Clearly seen, understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. And so, God often uses nature in order to display Himself, right? So, some of you love nature. And for some of you, when you get out into nature, man, God just speaks to you. It's just like you feel such a closeness to God. I mean, when I was walking along the shoreline of Florida, hearing the waves, you know, and, and you're just walking and just, you know, worshiping and just listening to the Lord. It's amazing how much God speaks to you through that. So I believe, I believe that you ought to send your pastor all winter long to Florida every single year so God can download so much stuff that when I return, I've got a lot of stuff to give you when I get back, right? I'm telling you, God's spoken on this. You need to obey, right? <laughs> You know, God used a donkey to speak to Balaam. He can, he can use anything in nature. Remember, there's nothing God can, it, that hinders God from speaking. Here, here's the last one I'm going to give you, and it's your um, physical senses. Your physical senses. 
You know, your ability to touch and hear and smell and taste and those things. So let me, let me kind of spell this out for you because sometimes we're just not in tune with our physical senses. For example, have you ever walked into a room of people and, and you just sensed that there's just like a lot of anger and hostility in that room? You know that's God speaking to you? That you're walking into an atmosphere that is filled with anger and hostility? So what does God want you to do about that? Anything? You bet he does. He wants you to speak over that. He wants you to, he, he, listen, God has given you the ability to speak over those things that may begin to change the entire atmosphere of the room in which you are sensing those things. Or have you ever gone into uh, maybe a room and, um, I don't know, it, it, you just felt like the room was just filled with confusion. It's just like, it just seemed like, you know, you sense that. It's not like, it was just there. You just sense it. We'll talk about the knowers because that's, that's kind of how you guys operate. You, you, just, you just know it. You just, it's just like there. And, and you just sense that. And, and oftentimes that can be a spirit of rebellion in the room. And, and so rebellion always breeds confusion in people's lives. And God may want you to speak over that. Or uh, let's take it on a little deeper level. When God wants to bring healing into somebody's life, it is amazing that oftentimes a person who is going to be the, the person standing in the gap, who's going to be the one who says, hey, take your bed, rise up, and walk, is that it might be that whatever it is that God wants to heal in that room, that God may give them a pain uh, in that part of their body. It might be a shoulder. It could be whatever, whatever it is. That God, they didn't, you didn't come in. Like, I didn't step into the pulpit with that pain, but all of a sudden there's this excruciating pain in my shoulder, and it might be that the Spirit is saying, listen, I want to activate healing in somebody's life today. And so you, you speak that out and say, you know, I don't know who it is, but I sense that God wants to heal somebody's shoulder. Or I sense God wants to heal whatever it is. And I have been in services like this on multiple occasions, and it is amazing to me how God downloads those things into people's lives and, and they speak. I desire that for my life, and, and God has used that uh, before. I, you know, I, I've been praying over people, and, and, and God, would, His Spirit just says, you know, I just get this physical sense like there's like a, a heat that comes over my body, or, you know, I just start breaking out in a sweat and knowing that God's about to administer some kind of healing in that person's life. Be aware of your physical senses. Sometimes people, you know, they feel something when God wants to use them to, to, to help someone in, in an area of maybe healing emotionally or whatever. It's, I've heard people describe it like it's just like a silk scarf coming across their hand or, uh, you know, something like a feather tickling them up the arm. And it's like God wants them to use that extremity of their body to lay that hand upon someone as God administers healing in their lives. These are ways that God speaks. But oftentimes, most of us would think what? Well, man, my shoulder's been hurt. I don't know what happened. I must have slept wrong today or, you know, I don't understand well, why, why I'm feeling this on my arm. And I'm telling you, get in tune with the Spirit because the Spirit wants to do what the Spirit wants to do. And he's looking for someone through whom he can do it. And if, if you're willing to listen, you're on the same frequency and you respond in obedience, God, God can do God can do anything that God wants to do. You believe that? Amen. All right, you want to be a part of that. All right, because we're going to get to that in weeks ahead. 
how to, how to engage in those things because, man, I, I want us to be a church that when a person walks into our auditorium, like on Sunday morning, I want them to see the church worshiping. I want them to sense the Spirit of God so thick in his presence. It's not about, you know, did we have the right music and was it the right length and the right volume and the right sermon or the, you know, were the pews comfortable enough and was the coffee hot enough and did I have enough, you know, pastries out? No, we want people to be overwhelmed by the Spirit's presence. And so what happens when we listen to our Heavenly Father and we get in tune with Him and the Spirit's presence begins hovering over us, then all of a sudden, man, people, people can respond to that in many different ways, just as they did with Jesus. Some people are going to say, hey, you know, get away from me. Some people are going to be like, you know, I'm not sure about this. Some people are going to be like, man, I, I need this in my life. We just want God to show up because I want to see people saved. I want to see people healed. I want to see people delivered because that's what Jesus came to do. He said, I came to destroy the works of the evil one. And he said to his disciples, now you go and do the same and pass it down from generation to generation. That is the purpose of the church. Is to, is to reach, to grow together, to fellowship, and to move in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Let's bow our heads. Father, you are you're so gracious, so kind, so merciful. You're so patient with us. Lord, I thank you for your presence in this place. You have said that wherever two or more are gathered together, there you are in the midst of us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who indwells us, who enables us to live this life that you have called us into as kingdom citizens. I thank you, Father, that that relationship, walking with you, is just not some ho-hum kind of thing. We just kind of do our thing day in and day out. But, Lord, it is a walk of risk. It's a walk of excitement. It's a walk of pushing us beyond our comfort zones. It's a walk of faith and trust in you. And Lord, I pray that our faith will deepen as we are learning to hear your voice and as we are learning to respond to that voice in obedience. Whether you're challenging us with an area you want to change in our lives or you're just challenging us to speak to someone, to pray over someone. God, whatever it is that you desire to do, I just pray that we will come every morning just take the time to humble ourselves before you and allow you to speak into our hearts, to humble us before you, to seek your agenda so that as we go throughout our day, we become more aware, more in tune with what the Spirit is doing. That we begin to sense the different ways in which he's speaking to us and moving in our hearts and our lives. Because we know that you want to have communication every day. Every day you went into the cool of the garden with Adam and Eve. Every day. And you want to do the same with us as your sons and daughters. Have fellowship with us. To love upon us. To sing over us. And so, Lord, we come. And I pray that our hearts are hungry for that. And if they're not, that God, your Holy Spirit, 
will move in us to develop, to create such hunger. I pray, Father, that what consumes us in hearing your voice is to know you. That one thing, just to know you, it's what consumed the Apostle Paul's life, that I just may know Christ and the fellowship. And so, Father, I know that it doesn't matter what our jobs are, what we do for a living. The only question that really matters is, do we know you? Are we following you? So, Holy Spirit, come now. Give us ears with which to hear what you're saying. And grant us obedient hearts and faith with which to respond. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let's stand together. You know, the only way that I can hear God speak, the only way you can hear God speak, is to be in relationship with Him. And the only way we enter into relationship with our Heavenly Father is through His Son, Jesus Christ. But you see, the Bible teaches that when we came into this world, we were born spiritually dead, disconnected from our Father. It'd be kind of like me having a great big 80-inch, you know, flat-screen TV above my fireplace, but I have no, no means by which to, to gain a signal. I have no antenna. I have no cable. I got nothing. And just sit there and hope that a picture comes on. No, I got to get connected to the source of power that's going to bring me the picture. Well, that's kind of the way it is with God. God is the source of power in your life, but you're disconnected from the power source. And he wants to connect you to himself. And the way he does that is through Jesus. Why Jesus? Because Jesus came and stood in your place. He died for your sins. It's your sin that disconnected you from the Father. And Jesus stood in your place. He took your sin account, all the guilt, all the shame, all the fear, all that stuff. He took it upon himself, and he died a very cruel death to drink the wrath of the Father towards sin because God is holy and cannot, he cannot have sin in his presence. So Jesus stood in your place. He died on the cross for you. And the Bible says that by faith, I can put my faith and trust in Jesus' payment on the cross for the forgiveness of my sin. And God will respond to that step of faith and he will wipe the slate clean. All the guilt, all the shame, all the fear, all that stuff. He takes the righteousness of Jesus and credits it to your account so that when you stand before God now, rather than me standing there as a sinful person, I stand before my heavenly father as a holy person who's been clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. There's no one or anything that can do that for you except Jesus. And that's what he offers as a free gift. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to pay for it. You don't, you don't have to live up to some kind of standard before you can accept it. He says, come as you are. Receive the gift as faith, by faith, trusting in me and me alone. And I will pour out upon you the forgiveness of the Father. I will forgive you of all sin, past, present, and future. I will, I will dwell you with my Holy Spirit and connect you with the power source who is the Holy Spirit who connects you to your Heavenly Father so that now with that newfound power source <laughs> you have the power to break the noose around your neck 
that your enemy, Satan, has placed there that keeps you shackled in bondage to shame and guilt and fear and addictions and alcohol and drugs and porn and all those things that just riddle our lives. And we beg God and ask him to take it away. And we tell God, I'll never do it again. And we make promises to God only to break them. And then the evil one comes back and heaps more shame and more guilt and more condemnation. Listen, get out of the cycle. Learn how to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit who can break it, who can break it all loose. And set your feet on a path that leads to a totally different destination in your life. That's what God wants to do for you, and it all starts with Jesus. If you're here this morning, you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, I encourage you to do that this morning. We're going to sing just as a worship song as before we leave this morning. I'll be here at the front during the song, after the song. I would love to talk to you about receiving Christ into your life. Maybe God has spoken to your heart. You just want to come and pray and just like, you know, just let the Spirit's presence just begin you know, just be aware of God's presence and just kind of just flush over you. And let's lift it up to the Father who loves us, who sings over us, and who's made every provision possible for us to be with him.